Have you ever just thought to yourself, why me? Why is life so unfair? What do other people see? When they watch me walk by, when I catch my reflection, people run like I have a contagious infection. But it's not my mental health. I know that can be crushing. I'm talking about plaque psoriasis. Bet you didn't see that coming. I'm sick of the judgment, the discomfort and itching. Vitama Cream is the once daily steroid-free treatment I know I've been missing. Vitama Tepinarov Cream 1% is a prescription topical treatment for adults with plaque psoriasis. Do not use if you're allergic to Vitama Cream. The most common side effects of Vitama Cream include red raised bumps around the hair pores, pain or swelling in the nose and throat, skin rash or irritation, including itching and redness, peeling, burning or stinging, headache, itching and flu. Tell your doctor about all the medicines you take and if you're pregnant or plan to be. Ask your doctor if Vitama Cream is right for you. You deserve more from your topical. To learn more, visit topicaluprising.com. Okay, and now it's actually working, right? Okay, welcome to 30 Reviews. I'm Adam. And I'm Josie. And I'm Peter. And he Today is... I'm introducing myself. Yes, because he has decided when you want to announce your... I have given myself a promotion. Yes. He... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's now full-time cast member. Um, so... I own 80% of the podcast. Okay, well... Um, in your head... I have a hostile, uh, <laughs> hostile takeover. House of Cards. I've been watching too much House of Cards, and I've taken over the podcast. My mom left me a voicemail four hours ago, and I just got the notification now. Like, literally, look. Like, I'm not even exaggerating. Only at 5 o'clock. Yeah. You can choose to send people a voicemail, like, instead of calling them. Well, yeah, but you still have a notification, I don't know, like, four hours ago. Maybe she's in... Probably not, but okay. Uh, either way, we come up on my phone as right now, not England time. Um, we have a pretty big show today. Um, first off, Oscars were two nights ago. Um, not enough people gave, um, Alejandro Inaratitu, if that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah. Inaratu. That sounds like good enough. Uh, no one gave him the proper praise he deserves, because everyone was too busy talking about his lack of diversity. Um, for, he is... Chris Rock was the host. Okay, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, so, he is the first person since 1950 to win back-to-back Best Director, Academy Awards for and for him it was Birdman and for The Revenant. He is this is the third time a Hispanic man has won uh, Best Director. The first time was 2013 with Alfonso Cuarón, won for Gravity. Oh, okay. Then he won last year for Birdman. He won again. Um, and of the six times that a Hispanic person was nominated, he's three of them because he was also nominated for Babel. So. No one's quite giving him the uh, the praise he deserves for this massive accomplishment, mm-hmm. um, because it, and here's the thing: he's the first Hispanic man ever to win back-to-back Best Director awards, which is a huge deal, and no one's acknowledging that. So we wanted to take a minute to break our wrists jerking off Alexander Inarritu <laughs> a little bit. Um, he deserves it. Yes, definitely. I love The Revenant. The Revenant was a very good movie, and Birdman was very good as well. I haven't seen Babel yet, but I want, I want to see Babel now that I know he directed it. I've seen. Yeah, it's it's the one with like Brad Pitt. Oh, I did not really like Babel. It's not that um, good. Oh, okay. Well, I'm still gonna see it anyway. It's cause um yeah, it's not that good. It's uh, like okay. It's one of those movies that I feel it makes. You either hate it or you love it. I don't even think that. I think it just makes itself like when you're watching it, it makes you feel like you're watching like a good movie, but it's not that good of a movie. And it's too long. Oh, uh, okay. 
Um, so, yes, yeah, so we're going to move on to the actual headlines. Oh, and then Abe Vigoda was snubbed from the, um, what's it called? From the In Memoriam section, uh, which, that was, that was, uh, of every, of anyone you could have snubbed, you could have forgot David Bowie more than you could have forgot him. David Bowie was in Labyrinth. Okay. And Abe Vigoda was in The Godfather. Uh, I, I think the best joke, though, from the Oscars was when, um, he's like, Jada Pickett-Smith announced that she was going to boycott it. Like, or I, I don't know if that was Chris Rock who said it during or someone said it before, but it's like, she said she's going to boycott it, and it's like, that's like me saying I'm not going to go have a three-way with the Olsen twins. It's like, I wasn't invited to that. <laughs> I think like, that would have been ice cube. Maybe. But, I, um, like, it's it's true. Her The last thing she was in was Gotham. Yeah, and the last one. The last movie she was in was Django Unchained, I think. Maybe I haven't. I, maybe that could be. I would believe that, because that was very that was fairly recent. But still, like, um. Anyway, let's move on to uh, more outrage that happened this week. So, um, Marvel's been talking about doing Iron Fist for a while. Um, when they announced they were doing Iron Fist, I was a little bit confused as to why, because there are so many other defenders you could use. You could use, or characters you can make defenders for the sake of the series. You can do Moon Knight, you can do um, Ghost Rider. Like, there are so many other ones. You can even do fucking Punisher as his own series, Elektra. Um, they announced they're doing uh, Iron Fist. Um, and the cast this week, they cast Finn Jones to play him. Finn Jones was a was on Game of Thrones at some point. Um, so he he's playing Danny Rand. The internet shit... The pa- shit their pants over this. And it leads me to ask, why? Not, why did they cast a white guy to play a white character? I'm asking, why did Marvel think it was a good idea to do this? Because there was no winning this situation. Because... Yeah. No, no one really cares about this character anyway, so... Why apparently the internet does, because they freak the fuck out <laughs> over it. Um, but they... Um, if Here's the thing, you could have either changed the race... And had the internet up in arms that you changed the race, and then you could all, and then you also have, um, you have the racist people who are like, oh well, he was white, now you're making him Asian, and then you also have the um, the social justice types who are like, oh well, now you're just making him Asian because he's going to, because he, um, like, because he's a martial artist, he has to be Asian now. Mm-hmm. That's that's the first way. Or you cast a white guy, and it's like, oh well, now you have a white guy going to Asia, and he's uh, going to be better at the martial arts than the people who teach him. There's no winning this situation, so you should have just done fucking Moon Knight or Ghost Rider or some someone else, anyone the fuck else, like. Um, but yeah, that was that was this week's big outrage story, uh, and Breitbart put it best in their headline: uh, "Internet outraged after um, Marvel casts white man as white character." Um, so that that was the first thing. Um, with more stuff with the Defenders, um, Zodiac is the possible villainous force in the Defenders miniseries. Uh, for those of you who don't know, they're, uh, they're doing, like, the Avengers with it, but they are, um, they're doing, what's it called, like, with, like, Heroes for Hire. It's done by many names over the years. Heroes for Hire, Marvel Knights, and now the Defenders are what they're calling it here. You okay, Josie? <laughs> What's happening? I'm just giving myself brain freeze. It's okay. 
Okay. Help. Okay, so they need a, a compelling villain to um uh, to be the the bad guy in the big crossover. Like for the Avengers, they had Loki as their first one. Um, for this, they have possibly Zodiac, which is a cartel. A serial killer. No, no, that's Ted Cruz. Um, so it's, um, the Zodiac are a bunch of members who are, um, what's it called? Whose appearances are based on the Zodiac signs. Um, where it's like there's a bull and, you know, that's what it is. So they've, they've been <laughs> referencing it in the existing shows, but not very heavy handed. Like, there's a bit of a passing comment, like, oh, there's this, um, this crazy cult that I was involved with, I didn't really like it. Uh, or, what's his name, um, Fisk going, he was brought into power by, um, an Asian man with strong, um, cartel backings. Again, Zodiac. So they, um, that's what they could possibly be fighting as their first real threat as a group. Which makes sense, because it's not like the Avengers, where you needed something stronger, or on Thor's power level. To justify them all being there, like this is you you need you need a lot of people. Like if it was you you could do like um what's it called like just like Libra versus Daredevil, but it, it'd be not as fun as if you did all of them against the Defenders, which is gonna include the Punisher at this point when they and Elektra. So they're gonna be like their Hawkeye and Black Widow, but like a million times better. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, it's not it's not that hard to be better than, you know, Hawkeye and Black Widow. Hawkeye had three lines prior to being in the Avengers. But then way too many lines. In Age of Ultron. Yes. Yeah, he was, <laughs> yeah that was unnecessary. Um, but yeah, so that's the first two stories. And then um, Justice League Part 1 is going to start filming in April. Um, that's coming out November of 2017. Um, and they, uh, they, they've announced the code name for the production of the movie. Code name is Caveman, um, which has some significance to DC Comics. Um, uh, one of uh, the major villain, who is a caveman in the comics, not in a current iteration we see. He, um, he's a caveman who a meteor strikes next to him, makes him immortal, um, and that would be Vandal Savage. Who, if you're watching Legends of Tomorrow, you know he's the villain they're trying to stop from taking over the world in, like, the year 2163 or something like that. Um, so that, and also in, uh, in the post-Flashpoint hypercrisis world that they're in, in the comics, it was the first villain the Justice League faced together was Vandal Savage. So, uh, it could be that they are teasing that Vandal Savage is the villain. That goes against all the marketing materials we've seen so far for Batman vs Superman, where you have the um, the parademons and the um, the Omega symbol on the ground with the Batman picture in Empire magazine, uh, both of which tease Darkseid. But they could just do part one is just Vandal Savage, and then part two is Darkseid. Yeah, because uh, Vandal Savage is supposed to be like he's super he's a super tactician with. The- like fighting, yeah, and he knows everything about technology, so maybe he could like bring Darkseid to Earth or something. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know much. All I know about Vandal Savage is literally what they've done on Legends of Tomorrow, which has been, if they actually talk about Vandal Savage, pretty hit or miss, because there's been five episodes, of which three of which he has not appeared. So His notable alias, oh, he has many aliases. Yes, because he's a... a Alexander the Great, Julius Caesar, yep. Genghis Khan, Vlad the Impaler, Jack the Ripper. That's a weird one, because Jack the Ripper killed like three people. <laughs> and he didn't really rule anything. Yeah, he was he he ruled with fear. Osama bin Laden, <laughs> George Bush. Oh, he's also a cannibal. Hmm. But yeah, he he could be their first villain that they have to face as a team. Um, personally, I think it'd be Overkill, unless they really up his power level. Like, because here's like here's the thing. Like you watch Legends of Tomorrow, the only reason they have any issue fighting him is because he's immortal. Like, but here's the thing. Captain Cold, Heat Wave, and Firestorm have absolutely no problem taking him on. I have no, like, qualms that The Flash, like, and Superman alone couldn't handle this problem. Dispatch, this is Mindy M.E. Flow. Well, boy, it's getting cold out there, and I can't imagine surviving winter without a heater. Now, if your heater's making funny noises, just needs a once-over, or your home isn't as warm as it used to be, you better call M.E. Flow. My team is on time, total pros, and can take care of any type of heater repair. Visit meflow.com to get your home's heater in tip-top shape. MEFlow. One call, one company. Well, I gotta get back to it. Dispatch, this is Mindy, go ahead. And they don't have the, the stupid loophole, if they do it this way, where it's gotta be Hawkgirl who kills them. Like, that's... I mean, it, it's gonna be... It's gonna be interesting if they do that. If not, it just should be dark side for two movies, and I'm fine with that, too. I don't care at this point, just give me a good movie. Like, uh, as long as the actor who plays Vandal Savage is better than the actor who plays him on, uh, Legends of Tomorrow, I'm fine with it. I don't care who they do. Um, but yeah, that's it for headlines this week. And now we have our two movies for this week. The Hunger Games and Catching Fire. So we're gonna start with The Hunger Games. Who wants to go first with The Hunger Games, the first one? This is my favorite one. The first one? Yeah. Not Catching Fire? No. Okay. More people are brutally killed. Yes. Right? Yeah. I like <laughs> It's more fun. Well, here's the thing. There, there are some, some rules that need to be put into effect if you're making a young adult thing like this. Uh, number one, you need to have a female lead in the, in the current age because you need to attract women to the movie. And if you have a male lead doing all this shit, you end up with Ender's Game and no one goes to see it. So you have to have a female well, I lead. Thought, um, I thought the Maze Runners movies were cute, and that's a male lead. Uh, I've, I haven't seen them. I never saw them. I haven't read the you books. You They're actually really cute. I don't So don't be sexist. All the guys, basically. Um, but those movies aren't actually well like the. The Hunger Games is the last well received, quote unquote, well received. The first one. And the last. Yeah. Ender's Game failed. This um, Maze Runner's not doing great in terms of Rotten Tomatoes. Divergent isn't doing great at all. Um, you don't think so? I liked them though. Divergent. I thought that they were decent. The I haven't movies. seen any of them. All I know is based on their meta score and their uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Why? What do they say about it? Oh, they. Oh, I liked it. I thought it was really kind of cute. 
Like, he would rock me out to the bottom. But, like, um, these movies, but they make more money when it's a female lead. An hmm. Oscar-winning female. Yeah, okay, you know what? Shut up. We don't know about that. Um, oh, Zootopia is at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Good for them. Um, Maze Runner. Uh, so the first Maze Runner has a 56 meta score. And the Scorch Trials has a 47. Meta score Rotten Tomatoes. The Scorch Trials scared the shit out of me. It has a 43 meta score. Because they have like, the thing with looking at it from zombies that like run fast. Like, the DVD, when I see the DVD, uh, or the trailers, I'm like, oh, that looks interesting, because, like, they showed that, like, for the Divergent one, when they're, like, in that cool place with Jeff, uh, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels. Well, I enjoyed it. Like, I mean, I didn't love it and stuff, but I'd watch it again in months from now. <laughs> you know, like, I couldn't just, like, pop it back in and watch it right over, right again, like, right there, but, nah. Like, the, um, what's it called? So, the... Um, the Scorch try like that's that, but like Divergent makes more money than it. Um, and the Hungry Age made more money than the Maze Runner, despite mm-hmm. being about the same sales of a book, if I remember correctly. I could be entirely wrong. Um, but in terms of popularity, you've heard about the Maze Runner and the Hungry Games. Yes, the books. Um, more so than Divergent. If I didn't read Divergent, you would Divergent has a, the first Divergent has a forty-eight. It is an awful... So it's lower than Maze Runner. Um, what's it? Insurgent is the only book ever that I have stopped reading halfway through and never picked back up. Why was it bad? Do with it. What? Was it bad? It was, yeah. And then me and my dad tried to... Me and my dad watched the first Divergent movie. And then we're like, oh, look, the second one's on HBO. Let's try to watch that. And we got about... Is that Allegiant? What's the second one called? Insurgent. Allegiant is the third one. Oh, I know why. Because everyone forgot what the names of movies were. The third one is called the Divergent series. Of yeah, that's they they they've been like it's like the Hunger Games. It's the Hunger Games, Catching Fire, the Hunger Games, Mockingjay. Um, it is it's branding. The second one has a forty-two meta score. Right. Um, they're they're, they're not good movies. But with the Hunger Games, what they it's like you need to have a female lead to make a lot of money. Because then you have women who want to go see it, and then you have guys who want to go see it because they want to try a round second base on a third date when they're in middle school. Like, that's and, very specific. And that's where 90% of the profits in this movie come from. And as some part of the Hunger Games is the highest meta score on her number of young adults movies with a 68. What about the fifth wave? That one just came out. That's a very low score. That's like a 30. Yeah, that one just came out. Um,. It was an interesting concept, but I knew it was going to be bad. It's that's that's how it is with all of these. Is it's an in, you, that's that, that's the nice thing. You need to have a good concept. Execution from there means oh nothing. I typed in fifth like I spelled out. It's five th. And it, and a different movie came up. <laughs> okay, yeah, the fifth wave has a thirty-three. I'm at a score. Because like you, all you need is the interesting concept. Because from there you've roped in people to go see it. Then district nine. Um. Was it really that bad? Or is it District 9? Well, District 9 is really good. Oh, okay. But then it launched that one director's career who has never made another good movie again. Josh Trank? No. That's the guy who also made Choppy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so then there's that. 
Uh, and The Hunger Games has the interesting concept, but unlike everything else, it executes the interesting concept well. Where it's, um, where it, you know, you have the characters who, uh, like, are now forced into fighting and all that. The next thing you need is you need a love triangle. Why? Hunger Games doesn't really have a love triangle. It, the, actually, no, none of them have a love triangle. They're all, it's a love line segment. Because oh, yeah, that's the true. Third, the second, it's a love angle. Because uh, Peta and other person do not love each other. That's true. So it's not a love triangle. That's true. That's, I want to see one of these things have the balls to do that. And just like have like the will-they-won't-they they of the two men involved. And the only way they would do that is it would be the female lead and she would be bisexual. And then the girl would, that she loved would also be bisexual for the guy. Oh, yeah. I think that's the only way that happens. Right, you couldn't have a girl with two guys, and the and two guys are both bisexual. That'd be that'd be too much. That, that'd be too much for the audience. But um, because then what happens is, in this you have it would should she go for Peta? Should she go for Gale? And it completely does a love triangle in the way we would see it today, in the real world, if you know and. It, but the thing is, it doesn't take into account the broken psyches of the characters that would affect how the thinking happens. Where, if you are hell-bent on survival, to the point you're going out into the woods and hunting squirrels to eat... Going out into the woods to hunt squirrels to eat, you're not going to be caring as much about, Oh, should I fuck this guy or should I fuck this guy? Hmm. We don't even know if they can fuck in the future. Okay, explain your reasoning. We never see a penis go into a vagina. Okay. <laughs> okay, well that was <laughs> enlightening. Um, then, if you're adapting a book, you assume that everyone has read the book. And you put lines in from the book, assuming as much. Bonus points if it's not explained in context in the movie. Yeah, when I I saw the first Hunger Games in theaters, I've never read any of the books. I just... It's not that I'm against the books, I just don't Dark feel like... Time. Yeah, I just don't feel like reading I have other books I'd rather read, so I just don't want to read them. Mm -hmm. And I went with my girlfriend, who has read the books, and then for, like, half the movie, I was asking questions, like, what is happening? Right. Do you know what Tesserae is? No. Exactly. So in the beginning of The Hunger Games, she, when they're outside and they're looking out over the, um... What's it called? Looking out over the, uh... The hills of, I think it's, like, Pennsylvania. Where the vast... What? The valleys. Okay, yeah, yeah. In that beginning, when they're out in the when they're out in the inter district area, and she goes, "How many times is your name in the um, in the uh, in the jar?" And he goes, fifty. Because what? Oh, wait, I know what that is. The more times you put your name in, the more food you get. Exactly. Right? I think that I asked that question. You asked that. I don't know if you asked it to me or if you asked it to. I probably asked it multiple times. Right, but they don't ever explain it in the movie, and it's never brought up again. Yeah. And so that and it doesn't was, even matter because her name doesn't get even like no name they put in a bunch of times. Exactly. Because that's the thing is as yeah, you get older wrong. they put your name in. No, that's the other thing. It's like and the the juxtaposition of you're not gonna get called. It's your first year. Boom. Yeah. That's why I don't believe in percentages. Exactly. Um, well, I, I saved my rant on percentages for a movie with more percentages yeah. in it. Um, when we do Captain America, you can do it then, because everyone's yelling percentages out the entire movie. Um, so, th that's the other thing. And then, like, the A-boxes. Like, there's that. Then there's the fact that the characters are all starving to death. 
Like, they don't ever touch on that either. Or they very briefly do when he's like, um, do I smell like roses? When he's talking to Caesar in the interview. When Peter's talking to uh, Caesar in the interview, he's like, oh, uh, you smell better than me. And he's like, well, I've been here longer. It's like, that's the closest thing we get to acknowledging there's a poverty problem. Other than the fact that they're hunting squirrels. Which could just be, you know, maybe they like eating People squirrels. Like doing that. Yeah. So, um... You don't think that they touch on there's a poverty poverty problem when they're walking through, like, their little town, which are shacks? Well, that's not so much a poverty problem as much as a uh, issue with rationing. Like, my biggest problem with the Hunger Games series okay. is that there's an all-black district. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm the only person that has a problem with this. No, they weren't all black. They just, majority of them were black. Oh, never mind. It's just Detroit, then. And it's, like, the farming district. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, what was it? So then, oh, the trailblazers, like, wrecked the yeah, next. Yeah, they did. Um, so then... Racist, no matter what job they had them doing. I just Googled all black district in Hunger Games, and then the first link is District 11, the Hunger Games wiki. Yes. <laughs> um... Then you need to gloss over for the entire rest of the series any lasting impacts to the character's mental state that would ensue from this. The Hunger, Day, Hunger Games does a good job, from, um, more so than other things, where they discuss the impact that it has on Katniss when she has that PTSD episode in the beginning of Catching Fire mm-hmm. when she shoots the guy. But that's not – that's the extent of it. Then she has the nightmares. But that's it. Like, they gloss over it because, and that's the other thing is, if you've read the books, you know that there's an internal monologue or a stream of consciousness from Katniss for the entire book because it's from a first perspective. It's also not, like, not that hard to be able to transfer that well. Even, like, all the Harry Potter movies, they're not told in first person. But a lot of it's it, an omniscient narrator who can read into the yes, minds of the characters. So a lot of it is Harry alone. Because I'm rereading the Harry Potter books now. I'm almost done with the sixth book. But a lot of it, especially in the later books, is the yeah, the narrator knowing exactly what he's thinking. So there's a lot to stretch the by himself, and it's just pages of what he's thinking. Right. And it still was able to turn into a pretty good movie. Yeah. But, like, in this, they completely ignore that. And sometimes it works well. Uh, for example, in Catching Fire, in the book, they don't really explain the logic behind the 75th Hunger Games being an, um, entirely an all-star Hunger Games thing because there's a lot of what-ifs going on there. Like, what if all the districts don't have it? And they made it sound like when they first started the Well, Hunger don't Games, they do it to try to get rid of Katniss and Peter? Right, yeah, yeah. In the movie, we know that. In the book, they make it seem like, it, like, um, 75, like 75 years ago when they started the whole thing, they laid out the rules for each quarter quell. And they just so happen to have the 75th year be the year where it's the All-Star Game. So it just so happened to work out in the Capitals' favor that this would work. Because we don't see what the Capitals thinking through the entire movie. But in the movie, through the book, but in the movie we see that. Um, and that's another problem I have with the movies. Is they're very inconsistent with the amount of uh, character, with the characterization they give to uh, President Snow. Because it literally alternates between movies, between guy completely in control... Or at least attempting to stay in control in a very meaningful way and being menacing and um, bumbling asshole who has someone else fucking him over the entire time. Like, 
in, for, I'll use these two because I don't want to talk about Mockingjay we're going to do at the end of the month. But uh, in these two, you have, um, like, he, in the first one, he's got the whole thing where he's like, why don't we just round up people, uh, round up 24 people and execute them in uh, the middle of each district. That one, that's, the like, that's, like, that's showing he's very smart. Then in Catching Fire, he's like, you know what? Let's just give all the fucking power to um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. He can handle everything. Like, it, it goes completely against what we see him do in the first one, especially considering he gave power to Seneca Crane, then him. killed him because he fucked up. He's like, you know what? Second time's a charm. Let's go with him. Like, it, it doesn't make sense. And then, and then I, I am going to bring up Mockingjay. In the third one, when he's got that moment where it's like, don't you know that you're... Uh, you don't think I know that your friends are already in the compound? And it's like, um, remember, um, there are things worse than death. Remember, I was the one who told you that. Like, it makes him a like intimidating villain again. Like, but they don't—they're not consistent with it because it's as far as they need to do it to make the protagonist look better. Is what they need to do. So even if it means dumbing him down to the protagonist level, they need to do that. Um, do you have any thoughts on the Hunger Games? As a franchise, or, well, the first I two? I like the first one a lot. I like the idea, like, this arena style where I could just watch people just, like, kill each other. It seemed like a lot of fun. <laughs> and then, as, as you know, and my girlfriend knows, as I watched this, I came up with my, all my own schemes. Yes. And then I was later told were illegal, illegal yes. in the Hunger Games, even though I thought that was bullshit. Yeah. Like, why can't I eat someone in the Hunger Games? <laughs> why can't you what? The second movie. He said, uh, he said, why can't I eat people in the Hunger Games? Ew. <laughs> it would be the perfect psychological warfare. <laughs> and it would show how bad the Hunger Games are. And then the second movie, I was like... Someone did do that in the books. When I know, and they got taken away or something. They got blown up. And then I saw the second movie. And Wait, why weren't it. they allowed to do it? Like, what's the rule? Because, exactly. Well, because here's exactly. the thing. Okay, because here's the thing. They make a big point no, of this I'm, in the movie. You're strange for wanting to do it. Don't get me wrong. I'm just... <laughs> Okay, that, that's not what it evidently didn't work. You do it just to be one. like, I ate people. <laughs> so I wouldn't do it right off the bat. It's like if it was in one of the arenas where it's like snowy, so there's no food. Or the desert. Then I would not hesitate to do it if I was hungry. Okay, <laughs> so here. No, I feel but, like um, you would just do that for fun, anyways, just to be like, eh, I wonder what it tastes like. <laughs> And the reason they give him the book for why you can't do that is because it's meant to be good TV. I don't know. And that would that be that would TV? that would be in bad taste, literally. Ha-ha. <laughs> 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 I also looked up the wiki for District Eleven. Here's some trivia. Okay. All known. Hold on. Yeah. All known tributes from District Eleven. African American. Cool. Oh yeah, that was that one guy who won. Uh, what's it called? The guy who won by beating the um, beating the other guy in. In the, the, remember the flashback we see in the first one? and in, in the ruined city? Yeah, yeah, And he beats the guy's head with a rock? Yeah. That was, that was District 11's tribute. Um, that's, that's oh, yeah, so then I liked the first one, saw the second movie, waited an hour for the Hunger Games to actually start, and I was like, what the fuck's it's happening? It's like an hour and a half, actually. Yeah. I know. You, as I said in the CinemaSins, you can, you can start the movie, change your screen to watch the entirety of uh, South Park bigger, longer, and uncut, then cut back, and the Hunger Games will still not have started yet. Yeah, I was really pissed off. I was not happy, because I don't really care you what went to the You went to the theater, and that's how long it took? When you watch was the that on purpose, or was that an accident? Movie. Like, did somebody forget to start the movie? No, 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 no. That's how, that's how long it is. 
Like, there's so much other bullshit until that has the Hunger Games start. Which, oh, a lot of it seems oh, like, we okay. got a bigger budget this time. Look what we can do. And then the third one happens, and it's just like, why am I watching this? Oh, more so than uh, Deathly Hallows Part 1, Mockingjay yeah. Part 1 can be entirely skipped. Because at least shit happens yeah, that's Dobby, relevant to the plot. At least dies. Like, at least the shit happens that's relevant Spoilers. to the plot. Okay, it's been it's been five years. <laughs> um, but, like, what's it called? Um, we're going to do more about Mockingjay and Mockingjay Part 2. Um, but I'm going to bring up one thing from Mockingjay Part 2 right now. Um, you can change anything you want in the story when you do this, apparently. Because, like, they changed the origin of Mockingjay Pin because they didn't want to include a character. They omit the Avox character in um, The Hunger Games. And then we don't actually meet an Avox character until uh, Foggy Nelson in um, Mockingjay, but you can't change the ending, apparently, no matter how fucking dumb it is to not change the ending, because you had four fucking years from the time, you, you like, this is when you pick up the, when you, when they started, it was like 2010 when they started making these damn movies, and I was like, okay, there's a huge pacing issue at the end of the book, at the end of the series, we have tons of time to fix this, let's work on making the ending better. Didn't fucking happen. And we'll talk more about that in a few weeks when we get back to the end of the Hunger Games series. But I still haven't seen the last one, though. Neither have I. Is it on anything that we can... It's going to be on Amazon either next week, I think, because it comes out on DVD. What about Redbox? Oh, I don't know, when it, I don't know how Redbox works. Um, you don't know how to use a Redbox? No, I know how to use a Redbox, but I don't know how, quick, how long it takes for movies to get into it. Like, after release. Uh... How about on, like, Hulu? Or maybe on... It's going to be like a year from now. Yeah, the streaming services take forever. How about on demand? uh, Yeah, so Amazon's going to have it. It, Amazon has it three weeks before it goes on DVD. So that should be... Yeah, so then you can rent it on Amazon for, like, two bucks. No, no, no. You you have to only buy it for the first three weeks. Uh, But then once it comes out on DVD, you can rent it. But we do the reviews a week after it comes out. uh, That way you have time to rent it. Doesn't have an iPhone, though. Man, too bad there's not a blockbuster around. What fucking year is it? <laughs> uh, when Blockbuster went out of business, it was one of the greatest days ever. <laughs> I went down. The, I bought like thirty movies from Blockbuster when they went out of business, and you could buy like their shelves. Like everything was <laughs> like when the Blockbuster I went to, like their shelves were for sale. I'm looking up when it comes out on uh, iTunes. Um, Mocking. Oh, if you want to watch Mockingjay, I think Mockingjay is on Hulu, part one. Yeah, it is. It's on Netflix as well. Well, actually, I don't know about Hulu, but I know it's it on It is on Hulu, oh, or, or it's on Netflix. It's on one of them. I have both. Um, Probably on both. Uh, we're going to do Creed next week, because I get my Steelbook of Creed on Friday. Um, oh, wow, DVD box art looks really fucking nice. Like, way nicer than it has any business being. Um, but yeah, it should be on next week, because it comes out in a few weeks. Actually, it's going to bring me up to date here. For, uh, it's going to be March 22nd. So actually, it should be up already on Amazon. If you want to watch it, you can do that. It's like 20 bucks, I think. Um, but like, this is the box art for the uh, the DVD. Like, it's, it's better than the other ones. Like, Catching Fires is fucking shitty. 
Um, and then look at the, the Blu-ray is really nice though. Like, if it, if it loads, the Blu-ray is um, it's actually one of the better posters they used for it. Um, it's this one. I like that one better. Yeah, this is the Blu-ray. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it should be up on Amazon Prime by now. Um, any final thoughts? Although she kind of looks like she's wearing a, um, oh gosh, what's that called? Like the, um, like a masochist leather latex bodysuit or something. Something super kinky. March 8th is when it comes out on, uh. So if you want to buy it, it's going to be 20 bucks on March 8th on Amazon. Do you have any thoughts on The Hunger Games and on Catching Fire? Josie? Oh. Um, no, I already said them. Okay. Uh, so, ratings. Do you want to go first? For the first two movies? For the first two, yeah. Like, average them together? Let's do individual scores. Alright, the first one. I'm gonna post individual. I'm gonna start posting the individual scores on the website. So I'm gonna take note from here on out. I'm gonna take a note of what they are okay. and put them on the website. The first one, I give a a six and a half. You have that. I'm hang on. Or you you can keep going. Okay. I'm capable of thinking and writing at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. The second one, I give a five. Five and you give a five to Catching Fire. Out of thirteen. All right, Josie, what do you give both of them? Seven for number one, because I really, really enjoyed it. Seven and? And four. Okay. Now, I'm a bit different. Yeah, hold on. I don't know why I give I'm thinking about how much I just not, did not enjoy it. I give the the three, the second one. Three, okay. Well, I'm going to give... Um, the first one, a six, um, because the when they get to the arena, the arena portions drag, and you know how you can tell? I watched it the other night when I got home from work. I fell asleep in the middle of the arena portion and woke up, and they were still in the arena, and I missed What's nothing that? of value. That's okay. I fall asleep during movies all the time. Uh, okay. Like, I fell asleep, like, after Rue died, I fell asleep. And then I woke up, and it was at the part where they're, um, where they're, um, what's it called? Going to, um, when they're being chased by the mutation dog thing. Yeah. So I slept through that whole part, and I missed nothing of value. What? They're made out of the dead people that died. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a six. People that died. Just in case you weren't sure they were dead. Yeah. (laughs) And then, um. Catching Fire, I I don't know. I I think part of it for me is that I read the books, and Catching Fire is easily the best book of the three. Um, even with the prolonged length of time they spend not in the arena, but it's more intriguing than because the time they spend a lot of time not in the arena in the first one too, and the stuff arguably the stuff before they even go to the capital in the first one is boring as fuck. Compared to what stuff they do before they go to the capital in the second one. Because at least they're doing shit in the second one. Before they go to the capital. And it's not just people like, I'm sad. 
So I'm going to give it a seven. <laughs> Why wouldn't they be sad? No, but there's other stuff going on and not just people going like, yeah, this sucks. Wouldn't it be cool if we could do something about it? Nah, let's just not watch it. And, and I think easily the funniest thing in the entire series is when they're doing like the countdown from 70 or whatever it is oh. in the first one. And it's cutting to people watching it. And then it just cuts to Gail sitting in the middle of, of the far, of like the clearing. Sad just, just staring out into nothing. Like, that's easily the best part of the entire series is that. Um, but yeah, I think um, the acting's not awful. Except for Jennifer Lawrence, who has like three characters you can play total. Like, I don't what know do if anyone's aware of this, if I've made it clear on the show. I do not like Jennifer Lawrence as an I actress. What? Why don't you? Because she has Katniss, she has Mystique, and she has character from, uh, what's it called? Uh, Silver Linings Playbook. And every other character she plays is some mix of those three. With Cryface. Isn't that literally every actor or actress out there? No. Except for Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep has multiple, she has done She's multiple insane. things where she can act in different ways. Same thing, like, look at every other actress who was in, who was nominated for Best Actress this year, and everyone was playing something out of their type. Exactly. Like, her movies this year, she played the character in The Danish Girl, who I'm going to assume was not a killer robot, like she I was in Ex Machina. But her performance in Ex Machina was a little... <laughs> Have you made that joke enough times now? Or are you... It's good every time. Have you gotten that in your system? Um, but, like, what's it called? Like, Kate Blanchett. Yes. Like, um, what's her name? Um, Kate Winslet. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Kate Winslet. Um... Rooney Mara, who is not a best supporting actress, I think. Kate Mara. Um, to an extent. We've only seen her in two movies, so she's played two different characters. But, like, if you watch any movie by David O. Russell, it's the same character. It's just louder in someone's. And, uh, like, American Hustle, she's louder than she is in um, Silver Lines Playbook. But she has to be in it less. So she has to make sure she's loud. Exactly, because that way you know she's there. So... Yeah, and then and then in the Hunger Games, she's just cry face, like, and you know, like poor acting. And I think it really sets the stage when like the movie opens and the first thing you hear her say is "Damn you, Gale," like that. Like that was like one of the things. That, oh, and here's something else I completely forgot to mention. I completely like dropped out of my head. I want these movies based on books to stop putting in exact quotes from the book. If it doesn't fit into speech patterns of the characters in the movie. Because, like, there was one part in The Hunger Games where it takes you completely out of it when Rue is dying. And she goes, and um, Katniss, uh, she asks Katniss, did you get all the food? And then Katniss goes, every bit of it. Like, that's a weird thing for Katniss to say the way, like, she's been speaking in the entire rest of the movie. Like, it seems very out of place, but that's just a quote from the book. Like, stop doing that. Like, it worked in Harry Potter with Not My Daughter, You Bitch, because that was the way Molly talked, and they captured the characters very well. But when yeah. you change it as vastly as you did for the Hunger Games, you can't do that. And it just seems out of place. And that's the end of the Hunger Games. So we're going to move on to <laughs> Consumer Report Cards is our next segment. Okay. Hold on. I have my magazine. Yes. We've been doing uh, Smart Consumer Segments. Because that's apparently been very popular. Because since we started doing that, we've been getting tons of more listeners. 
what if it's consumer consumer reports listening? And they're just getting ready to like, you know, <laughs> they're filing a the lawsuit. <laughs> they're just gathering evidence. Okay, so this has been like this was the car issue for 2015 for consumer reports. It's uh, uh, hang on, it's not the car buyer guide. There is a car buyer card for uh, eleven bucks. This is just the like the car. It's issue. like the best and worst of two thousand fifteen slash sixteen. No, two thousand sixteen because of how car model years work. Because you can buy a two thousand seventeen car now. I'm pretty sure. How do how does how does that work? You know how that works? They just uh, I don't know. So like you had to sign. Some like, long time a long time ago, some car manufacturers like wait if we release a car for next year now, people will buy it because they'll think it's more high tech. Yes, it is, but it's kind of annoying because. It's, the new model year starts like middle. I think it like fiscal year starts in like July. It's very strange. Okay, so first I'll start with the. I just said the ten best cars. I don't know if this means the ten best. I'm gonna say 2016. All right, so these were the ten best cars of 2016, the model year 2016. Mm-hmm. So for and they're they're split up into categories of what type of car they are, mm-hmm. but it, they don't have one for each type of car. You'll see what I mean soon. Okay. Uh, so for a subcompact car, we have the Honda Fit. I really like the Honda Fit. It's cheap. It has a lot of stowage space. Like, all the seats fold up really cool. I saw it when I was at the auto show. Um, but it only has a 67 for an overall score. I think that's the lowest overall score for the top 10 cars, which is kind of strange. I don't know why they gave it, put it in the top 10 if it has such a low score. Yeah. Um, the next one is also subcompact. It's a Subaru Impreza. And has a 77 through 79, probably, depending on which... Um, model you get. Mm. The Honda Fit's also only 19000 but that's something to consider, too. Um, and that's really not bad. Su- I'm fine. Subarus are fine. I don't know. I don't really like them. They kind of drive fast. They're usually good with traction, so if you like s- driving through snow, they're good. Mm. Subarus are really reliable. That's probably the best thing about them. They always have really high reliability. The next one is mid-sized car for Toyota Camry. Toyota and Honda are the front runners in reliability, and this is also one of them. And that is an 83 to 84 for mid-sized car. The next one is small SUV for Subaru Forester. And Subaru Forester has been around forever. It, and it still looks exactly the same. So it's kind of like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right. And it has an 83. The, this is the only luxury car. It's a luxury SUV, the Lexus RX, which is owned by Toyota. So it's also very reliable. Lexus is, Lexus is the most reliable for luxury cars. Mm-hmm. Um... And it has a 78 through 81, depending how much money you want to spend. And it's not super expensive. It's 50 to 57,000. And compared to a lot of other SUVs, that's pretty good. And it's also really reliable, so you won't spend a lot fixing it. Uh, for sports cars under 40,000, the Mazda MX-5 or Mazda Miata got that one. And that's a fun car. I think if I ever got a second car, I would get an old Mazda Miata. Because you can buy them for like under five grand, and they like they're pretty good where they just don't break, and they're just fun to drive around, and they're they're, they're like four feet long, so they're really small. Uh, the only large car on here is a Chevy Impala. This is the one I was the most surprised about, because Chevy is a GM company, and GM in the past couple of years have been known to make really shitty cars. Yeah. So I'm very surprised it's on here, and it doesn't have a very good reliability score, but it has an 81 overall just because of everything else considered, because it's uh how they do the road test. Miles per gallon is okay, and its price is pretty good. It's only it's thirty nine thousand, and that's like the good version. It's a giant car too. Like it's it's probably it might even be bigger than the Mercedes E Class. I don't think it's as big as the S Class though. Um, but there's also no German luxury cars on this list. Um, the next car is a midsize SUV for the Kia Sorento with an eighty four. 
It also has very good reliability, but it's probably a pretty boring car. The only pickup truck on here is the Ford F-150. Which you see a ton of in the fucking It is the best, um, the, I think it's the best-selling car ever, because, like, everyone in America buys them. It's basically, it's like, if you have a, uh, your, if you own your own uh, business, this is the car yeah, you will buy. they're just reliable, they're pretty reliable. They're do you live in the middle of like, nowhere on the south? Yeah, you can do anything with them. And the Ford has been really pushing. They only put V6s in their pickup trucks now, so it gets a lot better gas mileage. That's new. That's probably one of the biggest pushes now is better gas mileage, but it's still not that great. Like all the cars on here are all around in the are all in the twenties. Only a couple of them are in the thirties. Like the NF one fifty sixteen to seventeen. Yeah. And that's considered a good. When I was at the car show, the giant pickup trucks like the F three fifties with the dual axles, like they the they're not required to show their miles per gallon, so they don't. Because there's mile per gallon, it's probably like two. Yeah, the F-150, I think, is the official car of I'm too poor to have an actual port, so I'm going to drink Coors Light on the back of my pickup truck. So. F-150 is a good truck, don't make fun. <laughs> um, and the last one is the minivan, which is Toyota Sienna. So Toyota won, I think, with this. And then I'll go to, um, just so, I guess the other thing besides gas mileage is reliability. I think it's the thing people are looking for the most, because in the 80s and 90s, flashiness was the biggest thing so like in the 80s and 90s you have these cars that try to talk and have completely digital layouts when like digital was just the beginning and have like hundreds of buttons and they break all the time or have horrible rust now they're now the only thing people are focused on is you're getting a car that they know will last them for a long time mm-hmm. um for least or look off of reliability the most reliable car for subcompact is toyota prius Least reliable is Ford Fiesta. Um, another lot of biggest uh, car manufacturer a least reliable is Chrysler. Which well, that is makes sense. Cry- and uh, a little known thing is Chrysler is not owned by Chrysler. It is owned by Chrysler Ford <coughs> Group. So that's the Italian cars now. No. Fix again, Tony. A long time ago, Chrysler was going bankrupt, and the government slash Fiat bought them, like the Canadian government, the American government, and Fiat split it up into thirds. Then Fiat bought them, but then also got bought by a holding company, or they might have had them beforehand. But now Fiat and Chrysler, and all the car companies that Fiat also owned, are all owned by the Fiat Chrysler Group, and they make a lot of shitty cars. Oh yeah, that, that, you can write that about Fiat, fix it again, yes. Tony. That was, yeah, that's what, in like, because Fiat, that was like, a, back a in the shitty day, fucking car. Yeah, back in the day, there used to be a lot of Fiat's. Like, you buy all different model types, like, of everything. They were cheap. Yeah, they were really cheap, but they were really shitty. And then they got, because uh, the safety standards in the United States are much higher than in Europe, they couldn't afford to make them for the United States anymore, so they just stopped. And they were only in Europe, where they became a powerhouse car company. And they bought, like, all these different luxury car companies, like Ferrari, and they own a lot in Europe. And then they tried to get back into America with the Fiat 500, which became very popular, but which is now also super unreliable once again. So they did not learn their lesson, and people were starting to realize that buying a Fiat is a very big mistake. And also now, apparently, buying Chrysler, Dodge, and Jeep. That's like, a, my mom has a Jeep, and it's brand, and the first one, this is our second Jeep, because the first we got a brand new Jeep, and it was a lemon car, and they had to give us a second brand new Jeep for free, because <laughs> they gave us, a, they sold us a broken brand new car. Well, there was the, uh, um... The Dodges had issues with the transmission going. And oh, yeah. That's the Dodge Dragon Caravan. All, all Chryslers now um, I have German transmissions outsourced from a 
completely different company because they could not build their own transmission. Huh. What? Like all Chrysler Dodge Jeeps. I see how that was a thing. My mom's car broke down when, uh, in the middle of a county road mm-hmm. once, and it was kind of hilarious for me and my dad, but not so much for her. Um, but yeah, it's not. A, it, I could have told you. I, I know nothing about cars. I could have yeah, told exactly. you that. I could have told you that cars, uh, that Dodge is not a good brand. For gas mileage, um, best gas mileage is for electric cars that are also plug-in hybrid. So these are the cars that are primarily electric with probably a very small onboard generator that uses like a gallon of fuel because mm-hmm. um because the prius isn't even listed in here now is that is that diesel or is that regular it would probably be the regular because diesel makes more fumes so oh uh, yeah ga- gasoline burns cleaners as so the, these cars with the small generators on them will have just a small gasoline engine like uh it, it literally works like a generator you have people have in their house oh okay so the f- number one on that is the BMW i3 Giga, which gets 139 miles per gallon. These are really cool looking cars. Oh. They have uh, suicide doors, which is when the doors open apart from each other. And because uh, I saw they like at, at the auto, yes, like entourage at the auto show they had them, and you could like they had an indoor test track with all the electric cars. Mm-hmm. And then the worst gas mileage is the Chrysler Town and Country minivan with 17. I didn't even know some fucking made those. Yes. They don't have, and yeah, they don't have any pickup trucks, I'm pretty sure. Well, with a pickup truck. I mean, if you're buying a pickup truck, you, you, you kind of know what you're getting. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I have walked five miles to the gallon. Like, Ford, with the Ford has the EcoBoost, that, that new initiative. But one of their cars, the, the Ford Edge EcoBoost, is, it's 20 miles per gallon. Derek Jeter has an Edge now. Wow, great. Yeah. You know those commercials. Yes. <laughs> Eli Manning used to be on them with Toyota's memory. Like, wow, Eli Manning drives a Toyota. No, 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 but the thing was, it was like, uh, Jeter has an edge, he totally has an edge, and it's like, oh, they're talking about the car, not that he's a better player than some other people, which either, either way, I mean, that's you know, there. Okay, and then these are the best new cars for under 25 grand, mm-hmm. so that's important in today's crippling economy. Yeah, as we... Obama. Okay, I, I would say, as we've seen Rocket Mortgage... RocketMortgage.com suddenly, and I've seen so many people go, it's the fucking apocalypse. Everyone like fucking hide. Like it's it's not good considering where we are, where we just were five years ago, ten years ago. But uh, let's not quite jump ship yet. Yeah. But uh, so yeah. best twenty under twenty five for subcompacts: the Chevy Sonic, Honda Fit, Hyundai Veloster, Nissan Versa, and Scion IA. I'm kind of against ions. I will tell you why. Because all like all big car companies, you have it's one big car company and others that they own right, at yeah. different levels. So with let's just with Ford, you have Ford, Lincoln, so luxury like normal. Right, like uh, Hyundai has uh, what's it called Equus. Yes, yeah. So that's a little bit different. It's just literally just like one car, but it's like um, it's um, fuck. Hold on. I forget who owns it. Sci- oh, Scion. Well, it's like Chevy, uh, GM has like Cadillac, GMC, Chevy, right. like all of those. And then with Scion, you have Toyota, Lexus. But then you also have Scion, which is below Toyota. That is my problem with Scion, because <laughs> they're a cheap, cheap car. Like, I don't understand how. How much these... is the Scion listed there? The Scions are very cheap. You can get a Scion for under 15000 It's not listed oh, wow. for any price. They are very cheap. So you don't know, though like that's I guess the good thing about them. 
but still, it's like, wow. And then for compact cars, you have the Kia Forte, Kia Soul, Mazda 3, hatchback, Mazda 3 Touring, which is a regular car, Scion, IM, Subaru Impreza Premium, Subaru Impreza Sport, Premium Hatchback, Toyota Corolla, Volkswagen Jetta, and Volkswagen Jetta Sport. For small SUVs, you have the Honda HRV, which is their brand new car, which I kind of like, the Mazda CX-3, Subaru Forester, Subaru Crosstrek Premium. For mid-sized cars, you have the Honda Accord, Hyundai Sonata, Mazda 6 Sport, Subaru Legacy, and Toyota Camry. I really like Mazdas uh, recently. Like, I think if I had to get a new car today for a reasonable amount of money, I would probably, I would think I would get a Volkswagen or a Mazda. That's where I'd be at. Because right now, I had a Mazda, and now I have a Volkswagen. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I really like both of them. Um, Mazdas are cheaper and probably a little bit more reliable, but Volkswagens, you get a lot more luxury for your price. So that's the back and forth. And Volkswagens are a lot more fun to drive. Uh, they also have 10 cars worth the weight if you're thinking of buying a new car. Um, the Hyundai Ionic. I have no idea what that is. It's a compact hybrid hatchback. Mercedes-Benz E-Class. Which wait, isn't is... the Elantra? Isn't the Elantra part? Oh wait, did you say Elantra? No, Ionic. Okay, it's the Elantra is definitely part hybrid. Yeah, you can get a hybrid. You can get a hybrid Elantra. Uh, the Mercedes-Benz E-Class, which is just Mercedes giant sedan. Yeah. Um, Honda Ridgeline. They're bringing back Honda's pickup truck. Buick LaCrosse. Buick is making a really big comeback. They were about to go bankrupt and GM, GM was going to get rid of them. But now people are buying more Buicks than Cadillacs because Cadillacs all look stupid. There's these giant angular boxes that are are super expensive and you get no like luxury. Like you like you can get a Volkswagen that's nicer than a Cadillac. Like they're not nice cars. Uh, Buicks are much nicer and a lot look a lot nice look a lot nicer too. So there's actually two Buicks on this list. Um, the one I'm most excited about is they're bringing back the Lincoln Continental, which is fucking awesome because there are these giant fucking cars that you like can do anything, and they have these giant V8 engines. I believe in the new Lincolns you can get. They actually do not have a, a V8, but they do have a three-liter turbo V6 with 400 horsepower. So if you're worried about power, that's not a problem. And then they also this also has the best brands, um, the top five brands are not really that out of, like, not that expected. Um, the best brand is Audi, with uh, their overall score is 80, and um, their road test score is 83, and they have really good reliability, which is really good because most luxury car makers don't try to worry about reliability because there are no people that buy luxury cars don't want to keep them for a long time. Right, yeah. If you have the money to buy a luxury car, that, or, you don't, or you're dumb enough to get a loan to buy a luxury car. Then you're not worried about trying to keep that car exactly. for, like, 20 years. So it's the top five are Audi, Subaru, Lexus, Porsche, and BMW. The most I'm surprised about is Porsche's on this list. Mm-hmm. But Porsche is owned by Volkswagen. And so, uh, is Audi, okay. so is Audi. And Lexus is owned by Subaru. I mean Toyota. Sorry. Lexus is owned by Toyota. BMW is by itself, so I'm kind of surprised. The, ba- the Bavarian Motor Works, I think it is. Yeah, because BMW has had a history of making a lot of really shitty cars with no reliability. The last on the list is Fiat with the laser reliable cars. The, and Jeep right, right in front of it. Yay. Land Rovers. It's Chrysler, the bottom five. Other the bottom six. Dodge, Chrysler, <laughs> Land Rover, Mitsubishi, Jeep, Fiat. So. How do you even fucking know Mitsubishi still made cars? I thought they went out they're of business. Gonna, I think they're going to be done soon. Yeah, I don't think they no have much longer on them. I, I also hate Mitsubishi. No, wait. There's a reason they won't be done soon. 
Because in Japan, they don't really have rules against uh, companies owning everything. Like in America, oh, it's like Mitsubishi Sony. is like they make TVs, they make electronics, they make cars, they make they. But they also have a giant fishing company, and what they do is they go out and legally fish tuna, and then freeze half of all they catch. And then when tuna prices are up, they um, unth- they thaw their tuna and flood the market and crash it and bankrupt all other companies that try to buy and sell tuna. Ah, so that's. Hmm, I feel like if that was an American company, we wouldn't be having this problem. The reason why you should not go to Mitsubishi cars. Yeah, they're just dicks. And then at the end of this book, the most important, best part about this magazine is they have this used cars guide where you choose a price and then it gives you the best years for certain cars that are most reliable. Oh, wow, that's actually really good. So it's like, give me a budget. Yeah. And so it's like, you give me a budget, give Um, give me a budget and a car you like. Uh, five thousand and uh, I don't know. It's, what's under five thousand? Is there anything under five thousand? Yeah, oh, it's under oh. ten. Under ten thousand. Oh well. Okay, so we're under. 10, People aren't as poor as me usually. <laughs> under ten thousand, um, you have many options ranging from. These are all from two thousand six onwards. But you can get a two thousand ten car run. You can get a Ford, two thousand ten Ford Focus for under ten grand. But the, you bad. can get you go back to the nineties too, and like the early two thousands and get a car with like ninety thousand miles on it. You have to like the full buyer's guide probably to get that. Yeah, and then run that car to like over two hundred thousand miles. So that's what um the Mazda I had still is like. Oh yeah, that thing ran like a champ. Yes, it had a hundred thirty. No, it had a hundred forty thousand, and then my brother just crashed it. So <laughs> it would have gone, except someone ended its life. <laughs> My brother's fine, also. And then... I don't think you'd be making such a joke about yeah, it. It was like, he was critically injured in the crash. They also have the least... He might make cars it. ...cars on the list. <laughs> what? Say Josie? I said he might make that joke. <laughs> the least reliable cars, they... BMW... See, like, BMW's on this list up to 2015, so it's very recently. Um... My car, luckily, is not on this. The only year, because I, I, I have a 2008 Volkswagen Passat. The unreliable years for the Volkswagen Passat are 2006, 2007, 2010, and 2012. Oh, you got lucky. I have, they must have changed, they did change something, like, between, like, it's different reasons why they're unreliable, so luckily, my year, they fixed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of cars on this list. A lot of American cars. But still. Yeah. Okay, and I think that is the end of my car guide. Okay. We may end up doing more car. We do have CNET's car reports. But I, I waited to do that for you to get back to do CNET car. We might do that next week. Okay. I like cars, so I can do that. Yep. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do more car stuff next week. Um, so let's see. What's next? Where is the itinerary? Here it is. Okay. And I will leave this next segment. Okay, good. Yeah, yes. like, please let me go oh. twice. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I knew you were going to do a lot of talking on the car segment, so I split up your okay, two segments. God. And the other thing is, Josie also likes horror movies, so she can help you with that one. Okay. I'm going to get... Okay. Doing horror movies? I'm going uh, to talk about a specific horror movie. Right. right. And he's also, right like... Now? What? Right now? No. And I, I'm going to get a drink. I'll be back. He's going to go run and get a drink. I'm going to do the next segment. Because, basically, I'm the only one out of the three of us who is who still plays Pokemon. I think that's the case I, I, and, and it's probably because no one else here has a 3ds and no one who bought that out of the three of us so um this week 
uh, there was the 20th anniversary of the series. And for the 20th anniversary, they released Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow in the American eShop. So if you had if you had a 3DS, you could buy them, you could play them. Uh, what was interesting about it is now you can cr- you can like move the Pokemon from the Generation 1 uh, re-releases to the new games coming out, Sun and Moon. We very briefly talked about Sun and Moon last week, where we talked about how they announced it, and there was a whole thing where it's a 20th anniversary game. Um, but we're just going to talk about a little bit about why it's a big deal that you can transfer now. Because way back when, did you play Red and then play Gold? Did you? Okay. Okay, did you play Generation 1? Did you play Generation 2? You played Crystal, right? Yeah, I did. I had Gold and Crystal. Okay, then you played Ruby or Sapphire, right? Sapphire. Okay. With Red for Fagus. Do you remember how... Okay. Groudon was a fucking better legendary, and you fucking know it. Um, but you uh, you remember the big the big hoopla that happened in 2003 when it was announced that you could not transfer your Pokemon from Gold to uh, uh, Ruby and Sapphire. Um, and the reason for that was there was a hardware issue between the Game Boy and the Game Boy Advance. Yeah, that makes sense. Where it made it incompatible. Uh, they fixed that issue more recently with the 3DS, with the inclusion of Pokemon Bank. Um, but if you are, you know, like me, or anyone who had the original games, anything you had in those games would just kind of stuck there. Mm-hmm. Now, with the new re-release, they didn't explain how you can do it, but you can link it to Sun and Moon, which came out this holiday, which we know absolutely nothing about, by the way, but that's not stopping people from stuck. Stopping people from speculating about what, what the hell it's going to be. And since the game was announced, there have been seven or eight, like, leaks. Like, about it. Like, okay, shut the fuck up. Who cares? Like, you're going to try and get your five seconds of fame trying to predict something that's coming out in six months. Like, good for fucking you. Um, so, the, um... So, what happens is, with, with this now, you'll be able to move them. Uh, this presents a whole host of issues, though. Uh, I'm going to very quickly take you on a, like a quick little history of the major changes that happened over the course of the franchise. Um, Generation 1 was very bare bones. There weren't even the full stats that you have in the current game, where now you have HP, uh, attack, defense, special attack, special defense, and speed. The special stat was one stat, and, it was just, and that was it. Then they separated it in Generation 2 to special attack, special defense which was just to make it easier. Then Generation 3 had the next big mechanic change with the inclusion of abilities and, um, and all that. With the abilities, it gave you attack boosts in certain situations, allowed you to pick up items, and, you know, a whole bunch of, like, prevented you from dying if you were hit with a one-shot attack, all that kind of stuff. Uh, then Generation 4 had what's known as the special physical split which was a way to make it easier for you, the player, to know what counts as a special attack and what counts as a regular attack. Because, like, an attack like Ember would go into your special attack stat and would use that for the damage calculator, while Tackle would use the regular attack stat because it's physical attack versus special. Then, um, also there was a few other changes. Uh, IVs, which are the... which. This is going to get into a lot of stuff that even I don't know a lot about, because I don't really <laughs> get too far into this shit, because I don't care. Uh, the IVs are the innate value, I think it, it's called, and that is the genetic thing of the Pokemon for its stats, where in recent games it goes from uh, 0 to 31, and in Generation 1 it went 0 to 15. 
and then the way EVs, which are the effort values, were calculated was vastly different, where you got EV points for everything you killed, but you got for every stat. So, like, if you killed a Weedle, you got its, um, its effort values of, like, 40. Like, 40 special attack, or something like that. I don't have the exact values for it, but it's something like that. Which makes it where you can severely overpower if you grind in Generation 1. And then, um, also, there's the issue, Fissure was a TM in Generation 1. So, any Pokemon that has Fissure as a TM move, like Machamp, which is way too fucking fast to have Fissure in the more recent games, um, he's gonna have it, and you can transfer him up. All the way up. Good. Good, destroy it. You can give Tri-Beam to Alakazam. Don't know why the fuck you'd want to do that, because Tri-Beam sucks, but you can do it. I did that. I think when I, on Crystal, I think I yes. did that. Because Tri-Beam was a TM back in the day. And it, made, it sounded cool. I yes. know why I did it. Because it sounded <laughs> cool. Um, but it, it's got like 50 base stat. It's got like 50 base, but I think part of it is you wouldn't expect it coming, because it's technically legal from then. But it's, um, and that's the thing that I think why they have to, you can't do it, through, do it directly through bank now, is you have to transfer through sun and moon, so that way they can make sure everything is lined up properly. Because there's a lot of changes in how it works. To make sure, now you got to assign the Pokemon an ability, out of, of between one and three abilities possible for each Pokemon. It's got to update the effort values to match the max stat that it is now. And it's got to update... The, I think it's got to multiply all of the EVs by 2, with the exception of uh, 0 and 1, um, just to get them up to the 31 range instead of being on a scale of 15. So it makes sense that they can't just go right to there and then right back to, um, what's it called? Um, uh, right back to uh, X and Y. The other thing they got to be careful of is the 90 bajillion glitch Pokemon, and the fact that you are now going to be able to flood the market with Muse. <laughs> because... And I'm going to show uh, Peter this, because he's sitting next to me, and I don't know how well the 3DS screen's going to transfer over over Skype if I try to show or, uh, Jersey. the internet radio. Well, yeah, but, like, you can... There is a very easy way to glitch to get Mew before you fight the second gym leader. Um, and if you look, I've already caught Mew yep. in my game. I can, I can confirm. Yes, I've already, I've already caught Mew, because all you got to do... Is you actually, but even in this, so when they... they The only things they fixed were they had to change several attacks to be in guidelines with the anti-epilepsy procedures. <laughs> because of the, um, what's it called? Like, if you remember Thunderbolt, it would flash the screen black and white. Um, they had to fix that, so that sequence isn't as long. They lightened Jinx's skin color. So that way it's not <laughs> racist anymore. Um, but that's it. Like, you can still get Mystigno. All of the various, like... Miss, like, there are 250 um, index numbers for Pokemon. There are only 151 in the game. <laughs> so there are a hundred, like or just under a hundred glitch Pokemon you can get. All of which are unique with unique names. Um, and I think they're not going to want you to transfer those into X and Y. So they're going to have to, like, make sure, okay, this is the ghost. The ghost doesn't go. Like, remember the ghost from Lavender Tower? Yeah, yeah. You can catch the ghost. If you glitch the game the right way. Um, like, I'm, I'm assuming Glitch City is still in the game. We um, but, like, it, it's it's actually fun to go back and see just how broken these fucking games were. Like, do you remember Rap in the original games? Yes. Where you got stuck in that and stuck in that and how if you got frozen, 
You were just stuck, frozen for the rest of the battle until you died. It worked very well, Pokemon Coliseum. Stadium? Stadium. I use that a lot. Because <laughs> it's awesome. But if you get hit by it, it fucking yes. sucks. Um, but, like, there's a, there's a whole host of issues like that. And then, like, again, the fissure issue. In Generation 1, it was very heavily tied to speed, but attacks like Horn Drill and all that were tied to um, slow Pokemon, which didn't get the priority to attack. So it would never hit. Yeah. So you were kind of fucked with that move. Um, but it, and, and I, I like that they didn't change anything because it, it shows that they're interested in the, the pure, or to an extent, the purity. Um, to be fair, I don't know. And Oh, and they did add in a few features. They added in uh, well, one feature. You can trade wirelessly between, um, like, if you get blue or if you get gold or yellow or something like that, I can trade with you directly. Uh, so I can get wirelessly. Slow King eventually. No. Sloking was not in this game. Um, I can also have six slow bros. <laughs> I have one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, they uh, the game runs very slow, too. I, I, that's one of the things I'm realizing is, like... How slow walking around and stuff is. Yeah, because there's no running shoes. The bike you get very late in the game, or not very late in the game, but late enough in the game where you're like, okay, can we hurry this the fuck up? <laughs> um, the... Uh, the battle animations are lacking. The sprites look way too real. Like, if you play... Like, if you've seen me play, like, any of the new newer games, or have I shown you, they look more cartoony. Mm-hmm. They look like animals in this. Like, they, they took a picture of an animal and put it into the game, and it just looks very weird. And, uh... Well, only for some of them. Like, Charmander looks very hyper-real for absolutely no reason. Um, Pidgey... Rattata, they look awful, and like it doesn't really like treasure. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think um, I think what this means going forward is maybe we'll get more games like it, like not just Pokemon games. Like I'm assuming we're gonna get Gold and Silver at some point in the near future on the eShop as well, because these are fucking selling. And I'd be more excited for Gold and Silver. They're such better games too, um, and also it was the first new type introduction. With gold and silver, um, but with uh, also the Miiverse is hysterical for this game. Um, for those who don't know who, what Miiverse is, it's basically an open message board where you can post about games that you play. Back when they released Metroid 2, a bunch of people didn't know how to crouch, or was it Metroid? I was either Metroid or Metroid 2, but it was a bunch of people posting pictures of in front of the um, that first thing you have to crouch and roll under. People are like, What do I do? I can't get past this. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Same thing's happening here, uh, and it's very amusing because if you go to – oh, fuck, that's the wrong screen. Um, I'm not going to bring it back up, but if you go to uh, – like, there's a picture of someone standing outside the Viridian gym. It's like, I can't get in. What do I do? I'm stuck. Like, you go to the next town, fucko. Like, <laughs> they didn't they didn't give us the – like, when we play the game – in the new games, they tell you exactly what to do. In the new Pokemon games, it's, they handhold you so fucking much. Oh my god. It's two-hour tutorial. Here's how you catch Pokemon. In this game, you don't even have to talk to the guy who teaches you how to catch Pokemon. Like, remember the guy who's, like, laying down in the Japanese version because yeah, he's drunk? Yeah, you can just leave. Yeah, you can just walk right by him. I'm, that's a, you I figure it that. out on your own. Because I was, like, younger than ten. It was, like... 96 was when the first one came out. It was the 20th anniversary. Yeah. So, we were under five. Yeah, because I remember playing it, like, I got my Game Boy, mm. I think, and then I was, 
I remember it being hard because I like, had no fucking idea what was happening. Yeah, I could barely read when I was <laughs> playing this fucking game. Like, you don't, they don't teach you anything. Like, literally, you go, to, like, they don't even tell you to go do the gyms, by the way. Like, you go to, you go to. I remember just walking into every building in a town to figure out what to yeah. do. Yeah, like, you, what happens is, like, like I'm going to walk you through how it starts. You, you're in your house. You walk downstairs and you walk out. You talk to your mom. Your mom doesn't tell you anything. You walk outside. Then you walk around the town and you try to figure out what you have to do. You walk and then no one tells you. You have to walk out into the tall grass and Professor Oak comes and get you. And then you go to the you go and you have your first battle with uh, Blue after you fight after you get your uh, red. Okay. The the canon name is Blue. If you after you pick your Pokemon, you fight Blue, who takes the opposite uh, starter to you because he's a fucking asshole. And then you then then you go out on your mission. You go to Viridian City. No one tells you what the fuck to do from here. You have to go into the Pokemon Mart, have the guy, like, the guy flags you down and tells you to bring a parcel to Professor Oak, then you go back to Pilot Town, and he, you give it to Professor Oak, and then you start your mission. But no one tells you what to do from there. Mm-hmm. Like, you just have to figure it all out on your own. And this is where a lot of kids are getting fucked up, because there isn't the hand-holding of, okay, let's go to the next town. And it's like, in, I shit you not, in Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire, you, the, you go to, um... What's it called? You go up to all the way up to that far north Fallbore town where the volcano is, and there's all the ash. Oh, okay, yeah. And um, May goes to you. Oh, let's walk together back to uh, Malville town, and it cuts. It doesn't even walk you back. It cuts you back to the town. Bullshit. Yeah. Like you just had to walk back through tall grass to get there. Exactly. Like the kids these days don't know the fucking struggle we had. As like. Wandering, like, for hours through a fucking cave. Exactly, trying to figure out what the fuck you... Like, do you remember Dark Cave? No one told you to get, like, HM for Flash or yeah. how to get it. You just had to fucking wander through it. And then when you got there, you had to hug the wall and walk along the wall until you found the staircase. I remember... I think... I remember what... Am I being cool to silver the Psychic Gym? Where it's the... Oh, the, the ghost... The ghost gym where it's just a walk in front of all the trainers. Yeah. And the thing is, too, it wasn't just that. If you fucked up a little bit, you fell in. And you had to go all the way back to yes. the beginning. And then, um... And oh, Bird Tower. Uh, no one told you how to do the tower where to get Ho Oh or Rural Island. They taught us self reliance. Exactly. I think our generation is gonna be a good generation. After that, it's gonna shit the bed when it comes to responsibility. <laughs> exactly, because like we we figured it out on our own. We it was a lot of guess and check on our part. Like, what the fuck are they gonna do when Gold and Silver come out and there's a diverging path of which way you want to go to the next gym? Like. You literally can go either way, and the, the, uh, part of the problem is, it's people who, their first game, um, is this one, after playing app games on their phone, on their parents' phone, and it's really little kids who have that, or it's really little kids whose first game was X and Y, or Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire who are playing this now, and it doesn't have the hand-holding, and like, Poison hurts you outside of battle again, like, I it, remember that, when did every, like, two steps of over Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. Like, you can't, when you walk up to a, um, a tree, you have to press start, cut, you want to yeah. use cut. You don't just walk up and press A and it cuts for you. Like, there are a lot of things that I'm realizing that you take for granted when you play the game, the new games, that when you play this one, you have to go back and, like, do all this other shit. So, I think that's where I'm going to leave it for this week. We're probably going to do more in the future. Um, horror movie time. Okay. Recently, I went to the movie theater. Also, I'll talk about this movie. It was the Sun. It was a, I don't know if this is a chain, but it was a Sundance movie theater. And to get into this movie theater, you had to be 21 years or older. 
and it was an amazing movie theater. I should fucking be everywhere. Because literally everyone in that movie theater was 21. Like, not just the movie I saw, the the building. They carted you walking in like a bar, because they had a full-service bar once you walked in. It was awesome. So, <laughs> I was also not drunk when I saw this. Uh, the movie I saw was The Witch. The Witch is a new movie by Robert... Loja. No. I can, hold on, it's loading. Hey, hang on, before we go any further. Oh, okay. Uh, Josie, do you have any interest in seeing this movie, The Witch, or do you care if it gets spoiled? Okay, so you don't care if it gets spoiled. Okay, um. She's there. Yeah, she's here. She okay. said she doesn't care. Um. But, like, what's it called? Um. If you do want to see The Witch, and you haven't already. I don't, I, I don't have to, I won't spoil it. Okay, yeah, so, okay. I'll talk, I won't, I'll give away, like, I'll talk about what the movie's about. Okay. <clears throat> okay, so The Witch is a movie by Robert Eggers, and he also, he directed and wrote it, and uh, this is his first, I think, this is his second movie, but his first, like, big movie, um, and it's about, it takes place in 1630s, like, decades before Salem Witch Trials, and it takes place in Puritan New England, and it's about this family that they get out, they get basically banished from their, like, Puritan town, and they go out and start their own farm in the woods, and it's uh, mother, father, daughter, son, two little twins, and an infant, and they're all in the woods. And it's um, the daughter is the main character, but because they're all together all the time, uh, it's like everyone else is pretty important too. And this movie is one of the scariest movies, or not? I don't know. It's just horrible, like in a good way. Like it was the most disturbing movie I've ever seen. I felt genuine, like genuinely uncomfortable the entire movie sitting there like everything about it I was just like what the fuck is happening like why would someone make this movie but I loved it at the same time like I think my favorite horror movie is The Shining with Jack like the Stanley Kubrick Shining and I'm I can, Jack Black I can admit that does drag in places because Stanley Kubrick believes that you should have to work to watch a movie and it shouldn't be handed to you and you can see that with all those movies because you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, but with this movie, it there it did drag at one part, and I did fall into a false sense of security for about like ten seconds. And I was like, wait, is this all that's gonna happen? And then it got much worse. <laughs> it got oh, a lot God. worse. And it like the music in this movie is like horrible, like screeching violins that are very dissonant for it's like the longest amount of time I've felt i've heard these noises and it's just like people chanting and it's like screaming in your ears and it's like i'm so in the whole movie's so intense but it's also like a family drama at the same time because i don't know okay i'm gonna spoil something so if you but it's not like a twist it's just something it's the end of the episode anyway i'm gonna let me just say what next week's that movies are so anyone wants to tune up before you spoil it okay all right so what we have coming up in the next few weeks are um next week we have creed the, uh, the new Rocky movie, Creed. Then March 15th, we're going to pre-record the episode about the Dark Knight trilogy. Then March 22nd, we have Man of Steel. March 29th, we have the second half of The Hunger Games. We have Mockingjay Part 1, Part 2. And April 5th, for the official start of the baseball season, we have League of Their Own, which is actually a pretty good movie. Yes. Um, all right. So, yeah. If you want to tune out now because of spoilers, by all means. All right. So, the witch... Oh, the Satanist Church officially, like, promoted this movie as, like, this is what we're about. <laughs> like, they're like, this is our movie. <laughs> we got this, guys. Um, 
And also, like, it made me realize that horror movies can be still be really good movies. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's shot beautifully, like The Revenant, it reminded me of. Like, how the scenery is shot. Yeah. Like, all the acting is really good. Like, everything about it is really good. But it's also really scary. And it doesn't rely on just gore and um, jump scares. Like, it does have some jump scares, but they're really good jump scares. Because they're very... It's hard to describe them, but they're very repetitive. Like, it'll cut to a scene, and then he's chopping wood. But that comes into play later, too, so it's not just random. And, like, um... Like, there's, um... But the gore in it is, like, more realistic, so I feel like it's more, like, disturbing. Like, when there's this one scene where the kid bites down so hard he chop bites off part of his tongue, and his jaws is seized together, and there's blood, like, coming out of his mouth, but not, like, a lot. But it's, that's even more disturbing. And then they have to break his jaw open. Like, it's very dull. And he coughs up a rotten apple. Full. Like with, like with like what you said with the the movie portion, where it like what I told you when you told me about this was, what a lot of movie what like what they what you need to do when you look at a horror movie to be able to look at it properly is if you take the supernatural aspect out of it, it's still a passable movie. Yeah. Like The Shining, if you take out the supernatural aspect of The Shining and it's just a movie about cabin fever, yeah, exactly, it still works very well. This could also do that too, is um, because in the beginning the infant disappears and then they think it's a wolf. And they stick with it's a wolf, and it's just like a family drama about dealing with the, their loss of an infant. And you get rid of the supernatural part; it would play well. Or it could just be they're hallucinating. Yeah, because that, of the isolation. That's and what, when I first went to see this movie. I was like afraid that that's what it was going to be, kind of like the Crucible. Right. And it's going to be oh, it's just going to be religious hysteria. Like this is like I be anti-Catholic or anti well anti strict Protestantism. Yeah, because they're, they're, they're too religious for the Puritans. Yeah, that, <laughs> uh, you know you frost so, a lot. And it shows that like they are super religious, but they still like are happy about being religious. Like, don't even, they don't question it at all. Mm. And then there, there are witches in the movie, like multiple witches, and all disturbing on multiple levels. Mm. There's, um, they, uh, where riding a witch's room came from, was people would make, like, a concoction and put it on a broom handle and shove it up their vaginas. That happens in the movie. So, get pumped. <laughs> Why would they do that? Because there's mucous membranes inside of your vagina, and that will absorb hallucinogens very quickly. Yeah, it's like when people soak tampons in alcohol. Yes, exactly. Same yeah. Or snorting cocaine. That's why. Cocaine there we go. That's an even. That's an even better explanation. That's, like, that's generalized. To all <laughs> when you snort cocaine, it gets. It doesn't like go. It's not like you're snorting into your brain. You're snorting it so it goes into your mucous membranes inside your. And it goes. It's absorbed directly. Yeah. And then, um, but in the movie, she doesn't make a concoction like for hallucinogens. As after they steal the baby, they slit its throat and then grind it up into like a paste and then do that. Classy. Yeah. Gross. Yes, very gross. <laughs> there and there's even more. Like we're not gonna get too far into that. I but I like 100 like the entire movie I was like freaked out, and it and it was it was loud but it was loud on purpose at certain scenes. So I don't think it was just a movie theater playing the movie loud. Because there's other parts where, like, every, like, just talking certain, like, actions were, like, a normal level. It was, like, these giant noises with, like, music. It was just creepy. There, I guess my only complaint is their Puritan accents are so thick sometimes. There's some sentences where I don't know what they were saying. <laughs> 
Like, it was like, I just lost that entire thing. Uh, so I give this movie... I'm going to see it again soon. So right now, I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. And then when I see it again, I'll see if, I, see if it holds up. This is the, um, I think between me and you, this is the most we've seen movies multiple times in a year. Yes. It's between, like, this year and last year. Like, between Age of Ultron, Star Wars, Jurassic Park. Well, you with Star Wars. I saw Star Wars three times. I mean, uh, Age of Ultron. I thought, yeah, Star Wars, I, okay, I thought that three times, you saw it twice. I didn't see Age of Ultron twice in theaters. Oh, I thought you saw it twice in theaters? Okay. No. Well, between Star Wars, uh, Jurassic World, uh, The Witch now, yeah. probably going to see Batman, I'm going to definitely see Batman vs. Superman twice. Yeah, I'm probably going to see that twice. Civil War, I'm going to see it twice. Oh, the other confusing thing was the main character girl's name was Thomason, but it's also a boy. And for the first, like, couple, like, 20 minutes of the movie, I didn't know who Thomason was. <laughs> so when you see the movie, Thomason is a girl. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, um... So we did go over where our next few weeks movies are. I think. Do you have anything else you want to add on that before I play us uh, out? Oh, it's also super realistic. Like the most realistic, like Puritan movie ever made too, because the director he was like, it was it's based off of real folk tales, mm-hmm. and he was like to make like witches aren't really scary to people anymore. So to make it scary, he wanted to make it as realistic as possible because that's what was scary to Puritans. Mm-hmm. So that's what, and it was filmed in twenty five days. That's a period piece. Yeah, it's also, it's like an extremely accurate period piece. It's also a horror, like a terrifying horror movie. And it has a, uh, right now it has an 88 on Metacritic, I think. Oh yeah, I've seen it. It's getting very good reviews. Like, I, I, I'm, uh, is it nowhere, I'm nowhere near a horror movie person. Um, yeah, I, you'll see it if it comes out on DVD. Maybe. Maybe. Like, the like the, the hardest horror movie I can handle is, like, I saw Paranormal Activity, didn't get what the fuck was so scary was about it. I saw uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, like, those kind of slasher movies are the worst I can do, really. And then, like, The Shining, because that's, like, a good psychological thriller, too, on top of yeah. the, the, the movie. Because the thing is now, it's just, there's a ghost. Here comes the ghost. The ghost is going to jump out of the screen now. Well, even, the last good horror movie I saw before this, that actually felt scared was The Conjuring, and that's a 60 Metacritic. And it's not, like, overall, it's not, like, the greatest movie. Like, this is actually a really good movie. And I, this is... But so past, you think like, it's better than The Conjuring, then? Yeah. Like I Conjuring and Annabelle and that whole thing? And, uh, uh, Annabelle, did, I thought, I never saw Annabelle, but I thought it was really, I heard it was bad. Annabelle bad. got me in the trailer. Number one, I don't like dummies. Mm-hmm. Number two, there's that... <laughs> it's not a dummy, it's a doll. Yeah, it's a doll. Okay. It's way different. Number two... There was that thing in the trailer when it's like they're making an Annabelle too. When that you, you remember that part in the trailer when the little girl's so, running at the door, yeah. and then she goes to close it, and then like the one door she runs like and it's a, like a, a she grows like a huge per, a regular person, mm-hmm. like that got me in the trailer, and like the Conjuring part two when it like when it uh, the like, Conjuring got me in the theater. Yes. Oh, that was the other thing I want to so, mention. When we saw the Conjuring two trailer, there was one moment where it was a jump, and then like I jumped, and I yes. just started and I just started laughing because I was like, oh, that's how I felt when I was watching The Conjuring because it made me jump, and I was like, oh, it got me. Yeah. But, like I just felt like happy about it. I didn't you, like you didn't think you'd ever see a horror movie that would get you the, like that. The witch, I jumped, but I was not happy. Like, <laughs> I, was just, I was still just on this horrible feeling the entire time. <laughs> the song of the like, I've never dread. felt the movie. I've never felt this way. I also saw the movie. Um, it was, there were six other people in the theater with me. Three of them walked out. 
It was a group of two and one other person, and they walked out separately. To be fair, I first time I saw Deadpool, Deadpool people walked out, because like, I saw the Marvel logo <laughs> before the like, Super Bowl TV spot, and then uh, came with their kids. Uh, these, yeah. there were no, obviously there was no kids here, because everyone was 20. Yeah, yeah, that was really stupid for anybody to bring their kids to Deadpool. Like, they literally show a penis and about four vaginas. Wait, did we watch the same movie? There the strippers? Oh no, there was the one vagina. No, there was like four. I don't know. There was definitely one. I think I was just looking at boobs. <laughs> but you saw it twice, so you had more time to look at the strip club scene. Well, I saw I, the second time I saw distracted it. by the boobs. The second time I saw it, I was looking for the Rob Liefeld uh, cameo before realizing that that was earlier in the movie. Um. But that was not the point of that. Um, but with like with Deadpool, a lot of people brought their kids to that fucking movie. And I was like, why? Yeah. Like, and that's that's why I've been telling people is before they go see it because a lot of people I know who want to see this movie aren't people who want to go who are like the average comic book going fan. Like my sister who I dragged to Age of Ultron wants to see Deadpool. I'm like, watch the Red Band trailer, then see if you still want to see the movie because the TV spot looks funny. But there's a lot of gratuitous violence that may, like, not be your thing. And you know what? The gratuitous violence is fine. I have no problem with gratuitous violence. So, um... But yeah, so, uh, upcoming stuff we have. Uh, on top of what we said earlier, Creed, Dark Knight, Man of Steel, Mockingjay, and The League of Their Own. Oh yeah, I got to defend the Man of Steel. Yeah, it's gonna be an, in- that's gonna be an interesting episode. That'll be we a have- battle round. That'll be you who's always liked Man of Steel, me who's warm- warmed up to it, and Josie, who's never liked it. So that'll be an interesting one. will be like Devil's Advocate. Because here's the thing, like, I, I've warmed up to it. The more times I've seen it, they're like, oh, okay. I've, I've gotten more okay with it. Also, when I first saw it, it was back when I was still like, that's not what Superman would do. But then I'm like, who gives a fuck? This is Superman. Of not, this is not Earth-1 Superman. Like, this is not Earth Donner Superman. This is an entirely different Superman. Um, but yeah, so Man of Steel, we're going to do on March 22nd. That's going to be part of DC Week. We're going to unofficially tie ourselves in with uh, DC Week that uh, DC is doing. Do you know what they're doing with that? With what? Uh, the, that week. Uh, Monday is the Supergirl crossover mm-hmm. with The Flash. Tuesday, Flash comes back. Wednesday, Arrow comes back. Thursday, I believe that's the Jonah Hex episode of um, Legends of Tomorrow. Friday, Batman vs. Superman. Like, so it's a pretty fucking stacked week, and then we're going to do that review. And then... Uh, Thursday, tentatively, we'll be doing, um, our spoilers ahead for Batman vs. Superman. It'll be late Thursday night, even early Friday morning by the time it goes up. Um, the logistics of which I gotta figure out. Um, because if we're going to the 9.40 show, I'm gonna believe, I'd, like, I have class until 7. So I'm about to leave early from there. Um, but, so that's, that's that. With, um, with our next spoilers ahead, it's gonna be... Definitely Batman vs Superman in a month. Um, this week, do you still want to do a uh, commentary this weekend on Sunday? I might be in I might be in Binghamton. Okay. For basketball. It depends. Okay. I might. I will I tweet it if we do it. Okay. Uh, if we're gonna do it, but that that would be this month's uh, commentary track. It's the only one that works for us because we're both. Because then the thirteenth we're home, the twentieth we're home, the twenty seventh we're home. Uh, so we want to double stack April under two in April, which we can do that. All right. First week of April, last week of April. Um, 
But yeah, and I don't even know what we're doing for that yet. Um, also, I'm gonna say I'm gonna announce it right now. Uh, June, July, we're gonna be on hiatus. Pseudo hiatus, by the way. We're not gonna. It's not gonna be a full hiatus. We're just not gonna be doing live episodes from June, from the beginning of June to the end of July. We're gonna have four pre-recorded episodes to tie in with major releases. Uh, June seventh, we're gonna be doing Space Jam because of the NBA Finals. Um, June twenty-first, we're gonna be have Finding Nemo because Finding Dory comes out. July fifth, we're gonna do Independence Day, not because of Independence Day Resurgence that was the week before, but because you know July fourth, July fifth, close enough. Um, and fuck the Purge Anarchy, uh, Purge Independence Day for taking that spot. Um, and then uh, July nineteenth. We have Star Trek 09, Star Trek Into Darkness, because Star Trek Beyond comes out that week. Oh, okay. So we will, that's going to be our uh, summer schedule until we come back with Season 3 on August 2nd. Um, we're going to do back-to-back The Room and Room. Oh, that's that, 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 I did that on purpose when I saw that. Uh, we may do a lot, an, an extra live episode in the near future. Uh, i got to talk to Josie after this. If so, I'll tweet it. If not, forget it. Doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next. We'll definitely be back next week with Creed on Tuesday at 9.30. Assuming no massive technical issue again. So we'll be back then. Bye.